Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Diana, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm excited to talk to you. Your situation's a little bit um, different because you told Jennifer, my assistant, that um, you didn't really have as many questions. You mostly just want to talk about your success. And I was like, this is amazing. Let's talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I was almost worried that you'd say, never mind. We actually would just prefer it if you have a uh, question so we can work through something. I was like, do I have to come up with a, a problem? No, I, I love it because like we were just talking about before we started recording. I mean, I talk about the same stuff all the time, right? I mean, like I go on and on and I talk about it from different angles and everything. Well, your experience is a different angle and it's an amazing angle because it's really good for people to hear that these same things work in different homes, different people, different homes. So yeah, I'm excited to hear about, about your experiences and like where you struggled, where you worked through it, how you changed things, do it differently. I love that. So, but first, before we do that, tell me about you and your unique life situation. Uh, I'm a married mother of two. I've got a five-year-old and a 10-year-old, which means that I have little helpers. They're not willing helpers all the time, but they're helpers and it's good. And myself and my 10-year-old, we uh, are diagnosed ADHD. So this journey has been something I've struggled with my entire life. And you, it's so interesting because it wasn't until I got to your book that it like hit me that I, one, not, not alone. This isn't Mm -hmm. a unique to me situation, but what's really interesting is your, your approach was the first that was kind of a prescription for somebody with a brain like mine with, uh, you know, the habits like mine, because it's like, um, being told you have poor vision and that you need glasses and you're looking for the right prescription, but nobody's ever been able to offer you that perfect prescription. So you're sort of just limping along and, uh, trying to like put on a pair of glasses and does this work? Does this work? And, um, yeah, my husband is not like me. And it's like somebody with good vision saying, we'll just try harder to see. And, and you're like, I am trying. And uh, so, yeah, it's really, it's like a whole new lease on life. It's wonderful. Oh, I love it. Well, and I think every time you put on a pair of glasses to go with that, you know, example, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work, you think, okay, well, maybe there isn't like, maybe mine is different. Maybe I really do have the kind that's unsolvable or Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And I have, um, managed to, there's the benefit of this type of mind brain is that I am very creative with storage solutions. Uh, and so not ever having somebody just say, have less stuff declutter. It's the hardest part. And especially like with the advent of social media, like Instagram versus reality, and you see these beautifully curated spaces and you think that is the answer. I just need the perfect orientation to store (laughs) my 40 pairs of yoga pants. No, you're right. I mean, I'm just, I work on different projects and stuff, you know, with publishers and different things. And it's, I was just working on something this morning and they were like, what are some things that the author needs us to know? It's talking about a design thing. And I'm like, please throw out whatever you have thought of the image of somebody talking about decluttering or organizing. Like I just, it's, it's such a struggle because everybody, when you think that, and you think what image goes with that, it's 
slots and spaces and baskets mm-hmm. and buckets and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, actually that is more harm than good for the people like me, because it's like, well, I've tried that and that didn't work, you mm-hmm. know? So. That's exactly right. In mm-hmm. fact, you weren't the first decluttering resource I found. Um, and I'm sure this is true for many, many of yeah. your uh, readers and listeners is I came to kind of like a wall after having kids, right? Because you can sort of, it's your dirty little secret, right? Mm-hmm. You can sort of just have the room that everything goes into. And if I can close the door, it doesn't like overflow into the living space and it doesn't affect my husband. And, you know, it's, it's sort of this safe space, you know, behind closed doors. And then when you have children, what I noticed, this was unique uh, or unexpected on my part was I could control and keep her, my daughter, my oldest, her space organized because she didn't have a lot of stuff and all her stuff was little and uh, laundry was easy to keep up for her. Whereas I could just go buy another t-shirt and jeans for myself if I needed a clean pair of clothes rather than do all the laundry, but I couldn't necessarily send her to school in day old clothes because, well, I forgot to do laundry last night. And so that was sort of my motivation. It was like, it would trigger me to do something, but it still wasn't perfect. It wasn't a perfect solution. So it was, that was interesting where you're like, I have, I'm capable. Yeah. But what is it about my stuff that is the barrier? And it was, I just had too much stuff. Yeah. So did you, did I see on your, your form that you work full-time? I work now this, as of the beginning of the school year, I work part-time. Oh, okay. so I'm like, I'm like a hybrid. I work only during school hours and then I can, you know, pick up the kids, which oh, I don't nice. recommend. Oh, you don't. Okay. No, I don't <laughs> Tell us it. why. Because here, here's the out. reason I want to know why yeah. is because everybody hears, oh, if I had that situation, mm-hmm. then that's perfect. Yes. That would be yeah. so easy. So tell us why. So the decision was made because daycare is really expensive, especially for two children. And it just kind of made more sense for me to just pick up the kids. It was just means of saving money. Right. And what I've discovered is that by having the kids in like after school care, daycare options, because they're both in school now before it wasn't an option because my son was, you know, preschool aged or daycare aged. And this year it was like, oh, they'll both be at the same school, same schedule. It'll be amazing. And so I thought it'll be perfect. And what I realized is I don't have the downtime. So if they're being cared for outside of the house, that gave me a little extra time to pick up and keep up with the dailies. And when they're home, it's not impossible. I mean, stay at home moms do it all the time, but there, there are things where, yeah, I just didn't have as much just downtime. Yeah. And, uh, so that, that was interesting. Um, I've, I would say it was the hardest for the first like two or three months. And now I've gotten my rhythm back and it's fine yeah. now. So well, I, I mean, think that's be that's realistic key. when you do it. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, okay. So you worked outside the home mm-hmm. full time. Mm-hmm. They were in daycare after school. Yeah. And now you are only without them during school hours. And Correct. do you work outside the home during that time? Yes. I'm, okay. I'm a hairstylist. So I'm oh, outside cool. the home and yeah. I am like on a clock. So there is no, unless somebody reschedules and then I have a block of time to go run errands or something, Mm -hmm. it literally is hit the ground running, get the kids to school, have my day starts until the end of my last client. And then I'm back at school, picking them up. Yeah. But I've got to say it is remarkable how easily it was to just start to figure out my rhythm again, again, because I had, I had the dailies, I had the laundry day I had, you know, so 
I wasn't. And they may happen at different times. Mm -hmm. It may not be like, wait, I used to always do this daily at this time. And that's not possible anymore, but at least you knew what were the dailies so Mm -hmm. that now you knew to look for a time that they would work. Exactly. Yeah. You know, more now it's like, rather than having strict routine, it's more a matter of just when inspiration strikes. So I will just do a five minute pickup right now. And just because it, I thought of it, not because, okay, it's, we're done with this activity. Let's do our five minute pickup. Instead, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Y'all know I am all about identifying what things you can do to make overwhelming tasks possible. Buying a home or selling a home can be completely overwhelming. Finding just the right realtor can make the whole process so much easier. That's why I want to tell you about Redfin. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. I know firsthand what a difference having the right real estate agent can make. We would have been lost without ours when we bought our current home and sold our old home a couple of years ago. Download the Redfin app to get started. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Projects, so many projects. Taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a BetterHelp therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. So let's talk about um, what strategy has had the biggest impact on your home. Uh, clutter threshold, hands down. That was like you know, when you look at the questions and you say, what's the biggest impact that was the easiest to answer. I know that all of the strategies are are kind of like they, they build this perfect circle of things that you make you succeed, help you succeed. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like, like clutter threshold was that like keystone. It's the thing that, that makes the biggest difference. Because like I said, you know, in previous uh, attempts, like I did the joy of tidying up and Mm -hmm. finding ways of getting a lot of stuff out of my house, but there's not really, I don't recall, maybe it's like on chapter one, page one, I don't know, but where they don't tell you how far to go. They just say, have less stuff. Mm 
And then you'll have these beautifully curated boxes of um, socks and it'll be folded and you'll have joy folding your socks. You know, that it was a little, um, a little bit like I was left hungry for more. Like I'm like, okay. that didn't do it. So to say that once I found you, I kind of had already done all the like large amounts of purging. So I was sitting there going, okay, I did the purging. It's not working. It didn't work, but it's because they don't tell you, they don't define it. You did an amazing job of defining it as clutter threshold, which wasn't that it's just have less. Okay. Well, I can have nothing, but what is the between having too much and nothing where, where do I fit in there? And finding out my clutter threshold was, that was it. Was was it, um, knowing that you had a goal to go toward or was it? No, it's that's getting there. So you, and you talk about this in your books where you're sort of, you say, trust the process. You'll see it when it happens. And it sort of, it happens you will declutter, let's say you're doing it as a goal of like every week, I declutter a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And then all of a sudden when you're, it's, you discover it when you're doing your dailies because your dailies are so much easier. And it's the day that your dailies were the easiest that you're like, I think this is the sweet spot. This is, I'm, I nailed it. And so then you're not hungry for the next thing. I need a new solution. I don't, I don't find myself looking for it anymore, which is really profound. Yeah, I know. I absolutely. Yeah. Because it worked like it It actually worked. worked. It's like, wait, this is what I wanted. Even though I maybe didn't know what exactly what I wanted. I just knew I was not okay with what I had with the way things were. And and it's so stressful when you have, or, or not. Yeah. It's just frustrating, I guess. When your spouse or the, you know, the people in your life where they can have a lot of things and they can manage them. And you're like, well, so can I have all those things too? And the reality is, is no, you can't. And once you accept that, that no, you can't have all those things. It doesn't make it so that I'm sad that I can't have those things. I'm just aware that I can't have those things. It's just like saying, you know, I can't eat gluten. Oh, well, so I'll find all these other things to eat because I can't have that one thing. And so it doesn't make my life any less. It actually, I like things a lot more. I like the smaller amount of things that I have so much more because I can see them and I know where they are. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's like, oh, I I like my house like this. I like my life like this. Mm -hmm. It's I'm, I like me better because I'm not stressed out and frustrated, not even realizing why I'm so stressed out and frustrated. Um, it's like you just said with gluten, you know, I'm allergic to chocolate, which Mm -hmm. is weird. Um, and people sometimes can't wrap their brain around it because it's just not a common allergy and they will say stuff like, well, I mean, do you ever like, like want to just take a bunch of antihistamines and then try it? And I'm like, no, because I know what it does to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that I'm going to have a terrible cold that's going to turn into bronchitis. It's going to turn into pneumonia if I eat this. And so it's not worth it. Do I miss it? it? I miss it. You know, I don't dream about it as much as I used to, but I know what would happen if I had it. And so that means it's not attractive to me anymore. Yeah. And, um, accepting that is so much easier than fighting against it. You know, I mean, I have, you have kids, I have kids. Uh, mine are getting older and they're kind of getting to those phases of life where they kind of just have to accept certain things, mm-hmm. you know, where you just go, okay, this is the way things are. If I want this to happen, this is the way, you know, I can't have the anyway. And it just, um, I like the way that you put that let's, I want to kind of take a little rabbit trail here and yeah. talk specifically about the ADHD, because you said you've been officially diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear all the time from people who, tell me that these strategies work when they, you know, have been diagnosed with ADHD. What -hmm. are your thoughts on why these strategies work for you specifically with that unique situation? Uh, okay. So I was actually, so a lot of women are diagnosed with ADHD as adults and oftentimes it comes, it's because their child is diagnosed and then they find out through the questionnaires of the doctor's interviews or whatnot, 
that a lot of the traits that somebody with ADHD has, you say, oh, I do that. I do that. Mm -hmm. And so that wasn't quite my experience. I was actually, I'm a boss of mine had ADHD and she was, um, she's about 20 years older than me. And she would say, oh, I'm sorry. I have ADHD. She would preface literally every comment sentence, anything she said with, forgive me, I have ADHD. And so I would, she would suggest something that was problematic. And I'd say, well, I do that. Well, I do that. She'd go, oh, but no, I have ADHD. So finally I was like, I don't have that. And (laughs) so she gave me a book and the book was like reading about myself. So then, you know, I found out that, yes, that was the thing. And so medication was a, an immense help. But then after I started having kids, I stopped taking medication and this is like it, I would recommend it for anybody who doesn't like the idea of medication. I would say declutter. That is the non-medicated way of managing ADHD. 100%. Like I would highly recommend it. I would recommend it to anybody. (laughs) This is our, this is our not medical advice. However, Mm -mm, this is not a doctor. Right. Neither of us are doctors, but that's your experience. And my experience. Yeah. Decluttering helps everybody. So give it a try. Yeah. Like give it a try and see if that helps you with, with this situation. So how do you think decluttering specifically helps with your ADHD? Well, what it does is it's, um, your brain is constantly being, um, sidetracked. It's not uncommon for people to just say, Oh, it's like squirrel. And you're just off to that thing. Well, that's, the simplified way of saying that, but when you declutter, you have less things redirecting your attention. I I remember talking to my husband, he would be frustrated about my not putting my keys in exactly the specific place he's, he determined was the right place. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true with a lot of things. A lot of things are, are defined as this is the right way to do something this is how you get from point A to Z. And with ADHD, it's a struggle because you have to, when you walk through the door, an item like putting your purse somewhere takes a lot of brain power to get it to 30 feet away from you where somebody has determined is the right place. Maybe it's a key hook in the kitchen. And whereas I'm like, can I just put it by the front door? Is that the worst place to put it? No, it's not. So I, I explained to my husband that I will get distracted on my way to the end point. And so I, I have to almost have blinders on in order to complete the task. And it's hard for somebody who doesn't suffer, who's not, um, who is neurotypical, right? Somebody like that says, just try harder. And so it goes back to that telling somebody just who can't see to try harder to see. It's not that simple. And so by decluttering, you don't have the distractions. You don't have the to-dos. So you might say stuff is a distraction, but when you have your procrastinate clutter, you've got your unfinished things. Those are all distractions that will take you away from completing the task. And so when you just have everything distilled down to these ultra simple tasks, it's life-changing. Okay. So tell me something else that has had a big impact on your home. Um, The container concept, when you described it as the root word is to contain. I mean, that was just, I remember going like stopping what I was doing going, oh, that's right. (laughs) I get it now. And where recently where it benefited me or where I saw it in action was Christmas. I, we have a little tiny place, so I don't have a lot of Christmas decorations. And one year just to make things easier, I went and bought containers for our Christmas decorations. And it's like two of those cube sized tote boxes and like a long one for our tree or we have an artificial tree. And, um, a wreath box and those are our containers. So my Christmas fits in those four containers 
And that includes, so our tree is only four feet tall, um, Mm -hmm. which uh, for everybody listening, I would say highly recommend because your kids can decorate it. So you just, it's like a toy, just go decorate the tree. I, it's wonderful. That's fun. But when bringing out Christmas, everything's set up within 30 minutes, taking down Christmas decorations, everything's put away in 30 minutes or less. And that that's all the interior decorations and exterior that's lights. We have a couple of wreaths outside, everything. And now my mom would say it's not enough. Um, and she's tried to help, uh, add to our decor (laughs) even this Christmas. I was like, mom, we need boundaries. I please, I don't need help. It's okay. I can, (laughs) I'm okay with it being less. And so, but that's it. It's like, I figured out my, my threshold, uh, that these four containers contain all of Christmas and it looks festive compared to, you know, any other time of year, it's really festive, but it's just, it's wonderful. Well, and having those defined boundaries Mm -hmm. of the containers, Mm -hmm means that when other things are coming in or trying to come in, mm-hmm. you have a, it doesn't fit it within doesn't the fit. limit. Like yeah. it's not so me. Sorry. It's not that, you know, and it doesn't, it keeps you from rethinking, well, maybe I could handle more now. Maybe mm-hmm. we do need, it's like, oh, well, these are the boundaries. These boundaries are exactly what I can handle. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's great. And it, even though where we store the Christmas decorations is like a kind of a rafter space in our garage. Um, yeah, I could fit another box in there. I could, I could add, I don't want to, it's just easy. Yeah. Well, Um, I think you've, you've so experienced how much easier it is to live mm -hmm. with less stuff. And then the boundaries kind of take it away from you. So you don't have to just keep explaining to somebody. No, no, no. I, I need to live with less stuff. It's like, Oh, well, these are full. These are full. These are full. And, yeah. In fact, my husband, his part, he has a hobby. He just makes uh, like model airplanes, model cars, just as kind of like uh, something to decompress. But when you're done, you have this little display car or this airplane and it's pretty. Mm-hmm. And I was very nice. And I said, oh, I will buy him a container for it. Right. Before I even knew what the container concept was, it was just there weren't enough surfaces for these little things to be on in my house. And so I said, I'll get a cabinet. And then we got another cabinet and then we got another cabinet. And then finally he said, Oh, I think we need another cabinet. And I said, no, you know, I think three cabinets for your hobby is plenty. Um, I don't uh, desire to decorate my house with little cars and airplanes. And it was fun because he said, Oh, okay. And so now he just, every so often he, tosses out something that he doesn't like as much as the last thing, but his personality is like, once you say container, he's like, okay. And there was no argument. It was easy for him to accept. Yeah. There was no discussion over the value of his hobby. Mm -mm. There was no, you saying, I can't stand these. Mm -hmm. It was saying, this is the space that we have, you know, and, and it's amazing how the, well, that works with other people absolutely. Um, because, because you're honoring the fact that they have something that they're into. And it's like, absolutely. We don't have room for everything, but you know, here's space and you keep what you want to keep. And that makes it easier for them. Yeah, It's wonderful. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. And, um, and I think, uh, he's definitely seeing the benefit to, um, having less stuff where I want all of my things. And then you realize, well, if everything's special, nothing special. So, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Love it. Um, And then you had written something about though, where you would look for this first. Is that helpful for you? Yeah, it is. Um, So like just something as simple as once you've gotten in the habit of where would I look for this first, when you're putting everything away, you, and you're all done with that. Everything's got its place. You've kind of mastered that habit, then what kind of starts to happen is you catch yourself looking for things like you start to realize, oh, I've assigned a place for this that isn't the place that I would look for at first. And so like, it's this is so silly. We had in our house, 
in the kitchen, there's sort of this like area where you're supposed to sort your mail and put a phone and, you know, it's just this sort of like open cabinet thing. It's built into the kitchen. And so that sort of became a catch-all. And then what we would do is we'd put like pens in a cup up in this cubby. And then what would happen is you'd pull the cup out to get a pen because you couldn't actually get the pen because it's like, it was just not easy to do. And so you'd pull the cup out, you leave the cup out, you'd get the pen out, get a notepad from the drawer, and then you'd make your grocery list and then everything would kind of stay out and never get put back away. And then I realized every time I went to get a pen, I would open this drawer anyway. And this drawer, it was perfectly tidy. It had spare keys. It had charging cables. It had all these things. But I was reaching for a pen and a notepad more often than I was reaching for spare keys and charging cables. So all of a sudden it was like, okay, I'm finding myself looking for it in this spot first. Let me just put it there. And so little things like fighting against the way that we're actually. And you're just more aware of it. You just like, why am I so aware? uh, uh, Why was I not aware of any of this, that it was problematic? And then all of a sudden, when you just have more room to notice it, you notice it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Wonderful. That's great. Okay. So tell me about the story of um, (laughs) your mom friend stopping by. Uh, Yeah. So um, my daughter's in Girl Scouts and I was this year in the fall, they sell nuts. So I was the nut mom. And part of that is you have people like you have to go collect people's orders and then organize it. And then people come to the house to pick up their nuts and that they've sold to their friends. And so I just had you know, parent after parent coming through. And this one mom came with uh, three of her kids and they all were in our entryway. And so we're chit-chatting, we're counting, making sure their orders going according to plan. And just out of the blue, her seven-year-old son, I think he's just, you know, as kids do, just says, I really like your house. It's really tidy. (laughs) And I was just, like, oh my goodness. Oh my God. You are my favorite. I know, right? Can I keep you? You are the best. Um, and it was like, thanks for noticing. And like, I don't care what any other mom thinks or what any other person, the fact that this kid was like, Hey, I see you. This is yeah. good. That was just so profound. And it, what's funny is, yeah, I had cleaned my house. It's not like they caught me off guard. I knew they were coming over, <laughs> but the magic was that all it took was a five minute pickup. And I said, okay, guys, come over to the house, pick up your, your orders. And it was ready to go. There wasn't like stress. I didn't have to put it off. I didn't have to say, okay, I, I need weeks to prepare for people to be inside Which my is house. What would have happened to me back when? Yes, absolutely. It would have been, I will be outside on my porch, ready to receive you. Do not come to the front door. Yeah. And instead it was like, yeah, five minute pickup and everything was ready to go. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, that's exciting. And I think also because, and I don't know if this ever happened to you, but a lot of people like me have stories of kids saying other things that maybe Mm -hmm. really hurtful, you know, you know, know, where you're just like, shut your trap kid. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) asked your opinion. Instead, it was like, I, what other things have you noticed? (laughs) You have so much value to me right now. Um, But like just that, that experience really reminded me or reinforced how wonderful and easy the routine of a five minute pickup is. Um, In fact, I posted this on Kindred Spirits where I was like, I just did a five minute pickup and it wasn't just visible space that was restored. It was my whole house because after a few minutes, the living room was done. The dining room was done. And I said, okay, well, let's go to the bedrooms, you know, because my timer hadn't gone off and we, the whole house was picked up. And I mean, it's a little house, so it's, (laughs) I'm not, we're just going to give you all the credit. (laughs) We but, like, we're going to yes, just celebrate. I mean, like, we're not going to put anything on it. Yeah, but what, and what amazing. was wonderful, m- many things happen with the five minute pickup 
you say it a lot where you say, just set a timer. And when five minutes is done, it's done because it really does instill a sense of trust. Like your kids trust that you mean five minutes. You're yeah. like, I don't say, Oh, it was five minutes, but we're almost there. Let's just keep going. You know, I don't ever push the keep going. Five minutes is done. And so when I say, Hey, let's do a five minute pickup. I'm look, I'm not the best parent in the world, but I pat myself on the back when I'm like, wow, they didn't argue. This is great. I must be doing something right. That trust. I I think sometimes that's one of the hardest things to kind of wrap your mind around because for me, building the trust was important. And partly that was because of maybe a lack of trust. Mm -hmm. I mean, or they had reason to not trust it when I started because I had only ever done the everybody help pick up in those moments where grandma was coming over and it couldn't just be a five minute pickup. We were also mm-hmm. at the beginning where it wasn't five minutes made barely a dent, but it's like, yep. there is such value in sticking with that. So tell me about when you started the five minute pickup, the first, like when it was new to them and they didn't yet know for sure that you meant only five minutes yeah. and all that. How, how was it? So just like you described in your books, and you've talked about it on the podcast where you're more of a coach than you are an active participant. So you're saying, okay, let five minute pick up. And I'm directing them saying, you know, put the pillows back on the couch, pick up your toys, put them back in the toy box. You know, so I'm, I'm pointing out all the things that they're blind to in that moment. And respecting that when the timer went off, I'd say, okay, that was it. And they were like, that's it but we're not done. I'm like, no, we are done. It was five minutes. I said five minutes and, and they realized how quickly that went. So hopefully it helps with their time passage awareness in the future. Right. right? You know, so (laughs) if I, am I starting that early enough where they understand what five minutes feels like, and they've got the routine of that. So, I mean, hopefully, you know, I don't get any complaints when they (laughs) move out of the house and people in their lives say, what the heck? So, well, I'm not going to guarantee that because I know (laughs) I do my best. I'm doing my best. No, we, you're (laughs) going to do their best. And just like you with your own mama, at some point you had to, um, you know, figure it out on your own. And that's because they, they do tend to strangely forget things, but the five minute pickup still, I mean, it just has so much positive impact. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. In fact, like we, another issue that came up recently, uh, was at Thanksgiving. My mom hosts Thanksgiving every year, which I hands down full credit to anybody who hosts any holidays. That seems like the most dreadful, stressful thing. (laughs) And the reason why she hasn't really, um, relinquished it to me yet is because I would change it and be like, we're doing less. And she's like, no, 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 we'll, we'll keep it at my house. It's fine. Um, and so this year, um, she called me, we were planning to eat at four o'clock and it was probably noon and she called and she said, guess what? There is a brush fire, uh, right at the end of my street. And it looks like we're going to be evacuating. And, um, she's like, I, uh, what should we do? And I said, I don't know, just have everybody come here. And she's, (laughs) she was like, okay, hi. (laughs) Uh, that's an option. Say, is this yeah. the wrong number? <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> Who is this? And um, long story short, the brush fire was put out. It delayed Thanksgiving about an hour. 
Um, so everything went as planned. So I didn't, I don't get full credit of saying like I hosted Thanksgiving at the drop of a hat with no notice, but I will say this in the time that she called and said, this is possible, this, you know, it might be go time. And the time that she called to say, okay, turns out everything's fine. My house was ready to receive people. And you know, it went from, I, I'm not doing anything today other than going to my mom's house to, oh, people are coming over. Let's get it ready. And there's a difference between having your house picked up and having your house picked up ready for people. Right. Oh yeah. And I was shocked that in, and I'm going to say it was in less than an hour, my house was ready for people. That's And yeah, which I probably shouldn't say out loud because now my mom know will know that I could host that. And I don't, I'm not up for that. Well, okay. So. Let's talk about your size of your house because you've mentioned mm-hmm. several times that it's small. Mm-hmm. Has your perspective on the size of your house or what you need changed throughout yes, this process? Absolutely. Because um, around the time of my second child being born, I w- felt like we were bursting at the seams. There was just no way that we were going to be able to continue to live in this space. I felt really overwhelmed and closed in. And just that idea of like, we've got to start planning to find a bigger house. This it's just not possible. I don't know how people do it. And in fact, when we moved into the house, we didn't have children. Um, So it felt big, right. You know, but in the, the span of time of having the two children, two additional people living in the house with us, the square footage has not changed, but it went from feeling appropriate for two people to feeling really cramped for four people to all of a sudden feeling that sense of, Oh, we got our house back. We got square footage back. How is this possible? In fact, um, when we first moved in, it's a three bedroom house. So there's a master and two normal bedrooms and it never even occurred to me to use the closet in the master bedroom. I was like, oh, we'll have a room and that will be my closet slash office slash, you know, whatever. So because the in the master bedroom, it's like a his and hers set of closets. They're about the width and depth of a refrigerator. <laughs> There's two of them. I was okay. like, that's no human person can store things in there. I don't know what they were thinking when they built this house. <laughs> just does not make sense. And so until my son came along, I had an entire room that was stored everything that I owned. And to if you had asked me back then if I believed that I would be able to use the this closet for myself for all of my clothing and necessities, I would have said, you are bananas. That is not possible. And it's because I have a lot less now, you know, and because I, I realized I don't need to keep everything. I don't need to manage everything. And, and just the idea of if we uh, move or find a new house, it gives me an idea of square footage where you say, I don't need to, look for houses that are humongous. I can, I know the minimum amount of space that is livable is 1300 square feet. And that's really helpful. Yeah. 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 That's huge. That's huge. So tell me about, you'd written about laundry day and Mm -hmm. you work full-time outside of the home. I do. And so there are people who will say, I can't do laundry day because I work full-time outside of the home. So, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be doing it all on my day off or whatever. Right, right. So tell us how you make it work. Okay. So you have said uh, numerous times that uh, obviously the idea of until you've done laundry day twice, you don't know the beauty of laundry day. That is 100% true. I utilize, I I had no idea that a washing machine had a delay feature until I think you talked about in a podcast or, uh, and so putting laundry in the night before and knowing that that load is ready to be put in the dryer is the moment, all the momentum you need is just that first load. 
my routine is so dialed in that it's four loads of laundry and it's towels, a load of lights, a load of darks and sheets. And so you do your sheets on that day too. Oh uh, yes. And (laughs) so, and I consider, um, towels and sheets, my bookends Mm -hmm. because when I do the towels, that is the easiest thing to fold, right? Yes. Because it's like four or five towels, a couple of wash rags, a couple of hand towels, and it's easy. And then by the time that last load of sheets comes through, what's nice is I've already done the fold as I go. I don't fold it like I take it out to fold at the table. Uh, I don't have surface to fold it right out of the it's dryer, fine. but you're making it enough, work. And that's right? all that matters that you it's, make it work. Yes. yes. And what, by the time I've gotten through folding laundry, the sheets are the last thing and the sheets can stay in the dryer. I don't care. But what I discovered is that a laundry basket full of sheets fits in my linen closet. So you just never fold them. I don't fold sheets. That That is the solution to, (laughs) to the fitted sheet. It's like real, who even cares? Who cares? Like who cares? cares? They're going to stretch out when you put them on. Okay. So tell me again though. Okay. So what day of the week is your laundry day? My laundry day is Mondays. And Uh, do you work that day? I don't work on Mondays. Okay. And that's so that I can catch up and get the things, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, appointments, you know, shopping, all the stuff done. Right. Do you work on Saturdays? Uh, I don't. Okay. Yeah. So I, it's Tuesday through Friday and Mondays is my laundry day and I'm done with laundry by 11. It, it goes so fast. It's so if, especially if I can get the load in the night before and you had no concept of how much action. And that's my experience. That's so many Mm -hmm. people's experience is like, whatever you're thinking is a week's worth of laundry for your family. Mm-hmm. If you've never done it mm-hmm. twice, mm-hmm. if you've never gotten to that second one, cause the first one is catch up. And the second one is when you've actually only had one week's worth of laundry. You cannot exactly. understand, like you just can't understand what one you week's can't. worth of laundry is. And I got to tell you, and it gives me goosebumps right now too, is the benefit of not having to think about it for a whole week there. I don't even know how to express that again, that's another like to do item that you get to like cross off the list. I don't have to think about it for an entire week. And I wouldn't go so far as to say I enjoy doing laundry and uh, I look forward to it. But what I look forward to is getting it off my plate Yes, where I have an entire week where I don't think about the laundry getting worse all week. Whereas when you had the big piles of laundry and that kind of like looming obligation of like, everybody needs clean undies for the week. And I, for some reason, can't get around to doing it or whatever the hurdle is. I don't experience that anymore. And that I don't ever want to experience that. Right. (laughs) That's motivation enough not to experience that anymore. And now, okay. Again, just like with the little house, a 10-year-old and a five-year-old are small people, and that is small clothing. So when they become full-sized people, it may be more laundry, but the number of items will probably stay the same. Right. And it just, it makes a huge difference. And when you say you're done by 11, is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're done by 11. I talk to other people who, you know, maybe have to do it on a day where they are going to be out of the house. So you put one load in in the morning mm-hmm. and the it's ready before. to- the night, I'm sorry. Yeah. The yeah. night before mm-hmm. it's ready to go into the dryer. When you get mm-hmm. up and you put another mm-hmm. load in to start, mm-hmm. if that one is not ready to switch out before you left for work, then or someone left for work, then, um, you come home and you've just got two more loads, mm-hmm. but it's, it's that you may not know that you only have four loads until then. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like, once you get the routine and you can predict that laundry day is just this, it, then you can strategize. You can do things like, okay, I'm going to be out. So I'm going to use the delay feature anyway, because I know that I'll be back by four o'clock. So I'll just make sure that it's done by four o'clock so that I don't have to like rewash it. Cause right. it's, let's say the middle of the summer and now it's stinky. Right. And because it's been sitting in a hot garage all day. 
Um, so yeah, it's like when it's being aware of it, that's the thing is like, I've never devoted this much attention and it just takes a little attention for, I don't even know, like, let's say four laundry days, right? So in a month, a month of being mindful about it. And it's not, you know, 30 days of being mindful about it. It's really four days over the course of a month being mindful about it. Well, and then experiencing the other, whatever, I'm not going to do the math, but 21 days, maybe mm-hmm. after that second week of, of nothing. Yeah. Not of not having it. to think about it. Like yes. that, that value will take you so far. And like mm-hmm. you said, being motivated to get this done because, oh, it's so nice when I don't mm-hmm. have to think about it. So yeah, no, I love that. That's yeah. great. So let's talk about, um, cleaning person, having yes. a cleaning person yes. and the realities of that. I've talked a lot about this, um, in podcasts where I shared that, you know, I think it was seven years into doing this thing that I do is when I finally got one. Um, and it is wonderful. Like I'm not ever going to pretend, Oh, it's not that great. Oh, it's great. It's the best thing ever, but it's not magical. So go ahead and validate that for everyone, please. Yes. Um, (laughs) everything you said, absolutely. What is so funny. So I told my husband, I was going to be on your podcast and I, I was like, is there anything like, because he thinks I'm a crazy person sometimes with how excited I get mm-hmm. about like when I hit a milestone or kind of like something works and I'll just be like, don't you see it? Isn't this great? So I asked him, I said, what do you, do you have any input on this method and what we've been doing and how it's helped? And he said, well, I would say that having a cleaning person wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It didn't solve our problems. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, let me write that one down because it is, you think that a cleaning person, if I could just have a cleaning person that would solve all the problems. If you have too much stuff, they can't clean properly. Right. Mm-hmm. The very first time. So we've had a cleaning person, let's say six years. And the very first time they were going to come to our house, I was putting everything away and getting the house ready for a cleaning person. And my husband was like, what are you doing? That's what they're supposed to be doing. Shouldn't they see how we live? So they know what they're signing up for. And I said, no, that's, are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Don't you know anything? (laughs) You're an intelligent person. Um, But because logically you would think this cleaning person is going to come and, you know, reset. And I said, if I want them to clean the toilets, cause that was kind of the catalyst for needing a cleaning person is like what you say of like, if you have every a particular day that you do this task, um, which is like cleaning the toilets or scrubbing the showers or whatever, and you don't have a routine with that. You don't know when the last time it happened was you just kind of go like, Oh, the bathroom smells a little. And yeah. you go, that, it smells like a month. I don't know. Yeah. Right. And so, um, so this was sort of like, a to make everybody happy, we'll get a cleaning person. So neither of us are arguing who did it last. So what it almost makes clutter worse. I would, I would say, if your first choice is to get a cleaning person, it will actually do you more harm than good because that frantic dash to get everything picked up, you're more likely to have the closet you can't close because it's chock full of things that you had to get out of the way. It's more likely that you'll have the dirty pile of clothes that got through thrown on top of a clean pile of clothes out by the washing machine. Cause you needed to get it out of the way for the cleaning person to yeah. whatever. And you're going to have more trash mixed in with toys because you're like, I just needed to get the floor picked up. And I didn't realize the pile of, you know, trash in my hand and the toys that I just threw them both in the same spot. So you have more, um, more to do to declutter. I feel like if you get a cleaning person as your first option. So what's your timeline? You said you've had a cleaning person for six years. When Mm -hmm. did you start with, um, like the clutter threshold style Uh, of decluttering? Okay. So I I found you about a year ago. Okay. Um, about three years ago, I started doing the, just the decluttering, having less stuff, but 
being ready for a cleaning person was still stressful. It stopped being stressful to be ready for a cleaning person when I found you. And it, okay. it was because I was keeping up with the laundry. I was keeping up with five minute pickups because prior to that, it would sort of be like the cleaning person would come and then the house would just deteriorate progressively until the cleaning person comes again. And I frantically put everything back in place. Whereas now it's, I'm constantly putting things back in place because I have my five minute pickup. Um, so by the time it's time for the cleaning person to come, it's like, yeah, just do another five minute pickup and th- we're ready. And so, I mean, it's a little more than that. I, I don't want to make it sound like the five minute pickup will always. Well, I think what you said earlier about there's a difference between a five minute pickup and being ready for guests. I mm-hmm. almost look at it as her coming every two weeks is mm-hmm. equivalent to having my home ready for guests. Right. Like, like everything, everything, mm-hmm. not just, oh, well, the five minutes are over. I'm going to stop instead. It's like, oh, we have to keep going until we actually have every last thing put away. So, right. Um, but well, yeah, it's, it's like, it's like that the more scene in Mary Poppins yeah, when, when she sings the song and like the nursery kind of falls back into place, right? Well, that song, it's like the five minute pickup, right? Mm-hmm. Except that there are actual people doing it. And it's not, you didn't see like a mop bucket coming out and being cleaned, right? It was just like, put everything back in its place. And uh-huh, yeah. so you're like, yeah, just put everything back in its place. And you know that you're not tracking in dirt after everything's been put into place, because you can actually see it. So you're not, you're also your sense of feeling dirty, feeling like you live in a dirty place or whatever is a lot less stressful because you're like, Oh, everything's kind of put back in. I know when the last time it was cleaned, you know? Yeah. But when you have more stuff than you actually have places for, Mm -hmm. and so it's not actually possible. And so you do the shoving Mm-hmm. And you do the, you know, all, all that, like you were talking about yeah. that right there is the the problem is yeah when everything this, was just being shoved, it didn't. Yeah. And then think of how it compounds the stress of, okay, uh, on the surface, my house looks clean, but you've just asked me to go retrieve something and I don't know where I frantically shoved it. Yes. And so I, like, what am I going to do? open the closet and dig to the bottom where that item might've made its way. And while no. doing that, I undo all of the, yeah. you know, progress that happened when the cleaning person came. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Anything else that you want to talk about? Um, I would say <laughs> my advice, if uh, you get through all your decluttering and you have any urge to revert back to acquire more stuff is my advice is go on Amazon and click on your order history for any year and look at all the stuff you bought that you don't have anymore. And that is excellent. Where I love go, that advice. I'm probably yeah, going to say that at some point to people. Do it. So <laughs> because that, I mean, if you, because sometimes when it's out of your house for me and being ADHD, where out of sight, out of mind, you sort of forget that you've done this big purge of belongings, but boy, when you say, Oh, when did I buy that thing? And you all of a sudden are confronted with this like order history of just junk that you, it really teaches you like, do I really need that? Do I want to bring that back in to my, yeah. Decluttering is the best antidote to cluttering. I, I mean, like just that, Cause it's hard getting rid of stuff. It is so it is. hard to get rid of stuff and it feels so easy to bring new stuff in. But when you start to identify it as future clutter, and mm-hmm. then you realize how hard it would be to get rid of it. It's like, I think I'd rather just never have it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Okay. Well, thank you. This has been really great. I think it's going to be very helpful for people. Um, just applying these things to their unique life situation because we all have different situations and yet. this is just the most boiled down. Yeah. And they're like, I mean, I just want people to have hope that there is, there's never done. You're never done, but there is another side to it. Like just like, you'll find that sweet spot. It'll, It'll be amazing. 
I love it. So what's your favorite thing about being a kindred spirit? Uh, I feel seen. <laughs> it's this is these are my people. These are ladies who um, and gentlemen, I'm sure um, that we're all at some stage in the same process. We're all struggling with all the same stuff. And it's reassuring to know that, like, we can get through this. <laughs> Yes. I think because we all have moments. And so, you know, where your story can be inspiring to somebody else because they're in the weeds of it. Mm -hmm. And then there's other times where you're struggling in somebody else's story or words of, you know, affirmation or help or reminders also then helps you in, in your situation too. That's true. Yeah. I love it. Okay. What did y'all think of that podcast? I, I just love, I love hearing success stories. I enjoyed that so much. It was so much fun. So if you would like to know more about joining our Patreon community and getting in on all the fun that we talk about, um, go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. And please, 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 please let this podcast episode have ended up in Apple podcast. All right. I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.